Hello and welcome to Gem Girls, the 80s cartoon podcast where we are watching, discussing, and talking far too much about your favorite retro cartoons with a very special focus on Gem and the Holograms. I am Orphus Jones. And I'm Hakuna Matitis, and today we're discussing episode 17 of Gem, In Search of the Stolen Album. So this episode was written by Rick Merwin, who also wrote the Rock Fashion book. Right, 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 boy, Merwin, Merwin, for sure. Yeah, and that is another episode with a plot line that made zero sense. <laughs> also true. Because, again, what the fuck is a Rock Fashion book? But I digress. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's been addressed already. <laughs> um, <laughs> so according to our girls at rockgem.com, in Search of the Stolen Episode is the one where Gem and the in Holograms... Search the, in Search of the Stolen Episode? <laughs> I, didn't, of... I didn't know we were watching that one. How did you find it, Jocelyn? It's oh, the Stolen Episode. I said episode too many times in this paragraph. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, In Search of the Stolen Album is the one where Gem and the Holograms are cutting their first big album... The Misfits ask Eric to stop Jem and the Holograms from releasing that album. So Eric sends his bottom bitch zipper to steal it. Um, The Misfits come up with the idea of anonymously making a treasure hunt out of it where Jem and the Holograms can search for their album. I like I like how they said where the misfits anonymously making a treasure hunt out of it because it also comes out of nowhere and makes no sense. Yeah, it's anonymously and unnecessarily yeah, creating yeah. a treasure hunt. <laughs> it's like the more work. Yeah, the uh, I think like creating that treasure hunt was like more work than they've ever done in their entire lives. Yeah, exactly, and it like only led to them getting caught. Basically, it was their downfall. <laughs> Like, if they just didn't do it, they would have been fine and gotten away with it. Yeah. But we'll a... get there. We'll get there. Because, yeah, you're right. This episode really makes no sense. <laughs> it's a real dumb bitch move. <laughs> Truly. Um... Uh, but we actually, we open the episode at Starlight Music, uh, where we see Jim and the Hollows. They're practicing. And I actually thought we, like, we heard this song before, but we hear it actually for the first time later in the episode. And, you know, they're, they're jamming, and then, like, Jem's like, no, 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 everyone stop. And Aja, like, kind of cutely keeps on playing. Uh, and Jem kind of has this, like, big bitch, like, wait, someone's playing flat moment. And it's just like, wow, Jem, like, you're a total diva. Yeah, and also, Jem, do you even know what that means? Like, yeah, you guys exactly. are always flat or sharp <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> Relax. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so it's Aja. Like, it's weird because they never actually say, like, Aja, you were playing flat or you were fucking up. She just kind of, like, rolls with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, they have this exchange, like, maybe you're wearing the wrong shoes. And Aja goes, nah, they're pretty sharp, don't you think? Uh, And I was like, (laughs) I was just like, what's happening? What is this exchange? (laughs) And then that's the end of it. Like, the, the scene ends or they keep, they start playing music again. And I was just like, what happened here? What was the point of this? Well, I think, like, I don't know. I've noticed this in the past few episodes where they try to add these moments of humor, like people bumbling or whatever, or, like, I don't know, like, zingers and stuff, and they just fall flat. Uh, pardon my pun. Ooh, um, nice. It wasn't my, it wasn't even, anyway. Yeah, it wasn't um, like, whatever. <laughs> I still gotta, like, give you props for a pun, you know? That's how it rolls. It's, I know, that's how it rolls. Them street rolls. Them street rules, you know? Yeah, that's... Those are your street rules. I, exactly, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, like, okay, one thing that confuses me, and I just thought about this, like, how do they all know how to play instruments when, like, they weren't a rock band until they discovered Mr. Benton's Sex Dungeon? Well, I think we have to assume that they were playing music previously because, as we saw in the very first episode, which you and I have watched <laughs> 20,000 times, um, 
Right in the opening scene when they're all like cleaning Starlight House, Aja is actually playing with drumsticks and she like flips the light switch on with drumsticks, thus signaling this is a musical household. Oh my god, we have watched that episode too many times. I know, it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. The fact that I like connected those dots and made a rational (laughs) argument just there (laughs) speaks to the level of psychosis (laughs) that I really dug myself into here. I'm scared for us, Jocelyn. I really am. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah Jesus yeah, yeah, Christ. Yeah. Well, at least we're going down <laughs> together. Like, fuck. That's true, that's true. One of us is going to drop off first. I wonder who it's going to be. Uh, Probably... No, if one of us goes, we both have to go. We have a suicide That's very pack true. Here. Suicide pack, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Juliet and Romeo rules. Let's do it. Who's Juliet? Who's Romeo? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember that story honestly well. they, they they're both they both have, like have like no characteristics outside of being in love with each other like as someone who's like read the play and like studied it a bit uh like i can't even think of something that's cool that's like definable about juliet or romeo outside of them being in love are they both wealthy or is only one of them wealthy no they're both wealthy like their their families are in a few that's like the whole thing uh i think like romeo is like a lot older but i think that was like kind of also normal in the times because juliet's maybe like i don't know 13 14 Oh, Jesus, that's young. Yeah. Uh. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> that's that's what I'm just saying. Maybe I'm making it creepy for no reason. Yeah, we are uh, not Juliet and Romeo. We do not believe in 14-year-old girls being pursued by creepy old men. Exactly. That is a gem girl's policy. <laughs> Anyways, on to this meth dungeon that the misfits are like walking by or going into. Uh, cause they gotta go find, like, a super destitute Eric. Right. Who, who we learn got kicked out of Misfits Music by Mr. Gabor. And I ask you, like, did that happen last episode? I don't remember that actually happening. I have no clue at all when this happened. Yeah, I, mean, I think it, they... It was a long time coming. Like, it was bound to happen. Very true, uh, because Eric's been fucking up for a long time and has been getting into, like, unnecessarily large and incriminating schemes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel bad for Eric. Like, you know, he walk into his office and it crumbles if you knock the door. Uh, <laughs> and there's, like, rats everywhere. It seems very dusty. And he's all unkept. Yeah, he is presumably both living and working there. Well, actually, we do see him sleeping there later, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's definitely living there, living in his office, which, yeah, there's a little bit of class commentary of, like, how much is the rent here is, like, very cheap as it crumbles around him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I want to hold him personally accountable for, like, investing all of his time and money into the Misfits. Instead of, like, actually pursuing a worthwhile act. You know what I mean? That is, that is fair. Uh, That was also, like, savage towards the misfits. Like, they're not a bad act, I don't think. Like, obviously, you know, mentally unstable, but. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess I mean that. Like, they, he knows that they're, like, insane and their main thing is, like, ruining everything for Gem and the Holograms, not making themselves better. And he goes into that. Like, he plays into that like he yeah he does but that's also i must i i assume at least comes from his own desire to like take back what he thinks is his and crush kimber or jerica benton right kimber benton <laughs> yeah kimber what was that i know kimber's where did radar. that come from <laughs> kimber's on nobody's radar right uh, uh, like, like yeah exactly like not like the people who sh- whose radar she should be on she's not on no. uh but in this scene, I also want to really give a shout out to the Misfits outfit. Yes. Because Eric actually says, why are you dressed like that? And I was like, what do you mean? Amazing? Uh, because <laughs> they're in... so good? Exactly. They're in like mechanic, like garage realness. Yeah. Uh, Stormer kind of like looks like a, like a motorcycle racer. Roxy has this like cute ascot belt in a mechanics jumpsuit i love uh, roxy's outfit. i loved it it was and like pizzazz also has like a similar jumpsuit look going on it was fantastic yeah um yeah so basically in the scene we learn that mr gabor has banished them for misfits music 
Um, but the misfits come through with a plan um, to get Eric to stop Gem and the Holograms from making their next album. Right, yeah. They kind of enlist Eric to fuck up the hologram shit. But I want to also just uh, just to come back to the scene because there, there's so much to say in like the, little, the first minute of this episode. Uh, because Only we get for this, us, Michael. I know, I know, I know. But still, I, I, I love it. Um, we had this exchange between Pizzazz and Eric. Pizzazz is like, why don't like you just go get your old job back? And you know, Eric's like, you know, your dad fired me. And Pizzazz just says, just make him some money. That's all he understands. And it's just, ooh, Pizzazz, like you poor thing. You know that's all your father cares about. Yep, and it's great because that's all she cares about too. Exactly, exactly. She doesn't care about money so much as she does fame and being the best, but Right, attention, attention, I guess. Yeah, Um, probably because of her daddy issues. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Where else would that come from? Um, but yeah, I just want to, like, comment on Eric's appearance. Like, I get he's living in this, like, decrepit crack house, but, like, why doesn't, where did, where did his suits go? Like, he had, like, all these crisp outfits, they just, like, vanished from They took him, you know? They, they took him. <laughs> <laughs> the Repo Man. So. Yeah, I guess he lost everything in, like, the past episode. <laughs> Yeah, I do agree with you. Eric is a poor businessman because, to your earlier point, if he was a good businessman, he wouldn't invest all this time and money into the misfits, who, again, are mentally unstable, and maybe into more solid investments that will have a better or a more regular rate of return, because uh, as we've seen here, he's uh, he's in the gutter. Yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. Like, actually. Um, so, moving on from Eric and his crack house... I do um, like his grizzled look, though. Like, the, his kind of, like, you know, bearded, uh, I'm down on myself. It's it's a good look on Eric. Yeah, it's kind of hot. Yeah. Um, the stubble. I was Exactly, that. exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and the furrow in his brow seemed sadder. Yeah, softened, you know? Yeah, it wasn't as Defeated. Evil. Exactly. <laughs> it was more pathetic. <laughs> like, I truly pitied him. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Eric, those eyes. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor yeah, guy. and his deep V, like, was just, like, his shirt torn open. <laughs> I just inviting you in for a uh, hug. Yeah, right? Like, poor Eric. Someone give him a little pat. The shoulder pat. A kiss on the forehead. Uh, yeah, a kiss on the forehead, and then, like, I, uh, like tucked, him in, tucked him in at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just my little boy now. Just my little boy. <laughs> Baby boy. <laughs> Little sexy baby boy. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Had to sexy, go there. Yeah. Sexy, sexy baby, bro. If, if girls can be sexy babies, men can be sexy babies. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, everyone can be sexy babies. We believe in sexy baby equal opportunity here at Gem Girls. Official policy. Official policy. Sexy baby equality amongst the genders. Yes. Um, so anyway, moving on from the scene, because apparently we can stay here forever saying We really could. Garbage. We really could. <laughs> um, yeah, get us out of here. Get us out of here, Jocelyn. Um, so anyway, uh, we go to Starlight Music, built the building, wherever they work, whatever that place is. Um, and... They basically are in their office, and they start making calls to a bunch of people, doing a bunch of shit. Jared yeah, this whole scene is like, yeah. like you know, like bitches calling people. They're like, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> it's bitches are calling people. They're on the phone dialing people up. Except for Kimber, who's being pretty lazy. Yeah, she's just kind of taking a nap. But like, she's also a child. This is forced child labor. Right. Yeah. She's sixteen years old. She can't be up till two in the morning working on her album. You know. Right. Yeah, she should be in school, Jerrica. Yeah, you're not cutting your album, Jerrica. Right. Do the orphans even go to school? Dude, but I anyway, don't, I don't care. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Seriously. Um. Again, I want to bring up the fact that Aja does not have an accent anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, why did they even bother with it in the first place if the voice actor couldn't even like maintain it for two sentences? 
I, yeah, I wonder how, what it was like, it was because of the process for the voice acting in that, did they give them, uh, did they give the, the, the woman a bunch of scripts to do all in one go, or do they make her change it up every episode with different directions? <laughs> I have no clue. It's like, hmm, I wonder if it's the same director, okay, like the director who call, like tells them to say hologram, if it's right, the same right, one who right, like, right. like, Aja, you gotta have an Asian accent. Yeah, so obviously he's also mentally unstable, so that's where that comes from. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> you gotta be a little mentally unstable to, like, work on the show, let's be real. That's true. That is a fair assessment. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, the holograms, the next day, they arrive at the studio, record their album... And this is where we hear the full song, There's a Melody Playing. And I must say that the backup vocals are quite soulful. Oh, dude, yeah. There's a melody playing. There's a melody playing. I hate all of Jem's parts, but yeah, the, yeah. the backup singer's good. <laughs> Cascading down the down the screen, and the holograms are floating in the sky around Jem's head. Yeah, yeah. At one point, there's like a scene where Jem kind of swirls down below the screen, and then her hair twirls into a thread, and then melds into a shining light crucifix. <laughs> that was pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> that was dope. Yeah, that was it great. was real dope. Like, I don't really like the rest of the video that much, but that specific moment, great. Yeah, um, like. The rest of the music video is pretty par for the course for a holograms music video. Like, a lot of Rio images and, yeah, like, yeah. some hella pitchy vocals at the end. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of Rio in this song, but he's not really in this episode, which is kind of nice. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, he was in the last episode, and I guess they're... I don't know what the status of their relationship is right now, because, uh, no, I'm sure they're still together. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> I don't give Jericho that much credit. Well, I mean, like, I don't give Rio that much credit either. <laughs> Fair. Um, but anyway. Um, well, I just, like, towards the very, very end of this song, like, I don't know if you had the same reaction as I did, Jocelyn, but when Jim lets out her final pitchy note, she kind of, like, slides down the mic stand, kind of like it's a stripper pole. Yeah. And then ends it <laughs> looking at, like, the camera... Very much like a depressed prostitute. <laughs> it's so much. I was like, oh my god, what happened to you, Jem? What happened to you just there? You broke inside. Um, yeah, actually I have that in my notes. Jem slides down the mic like a stripper on a stripper pole. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, okay, um, okay. Yeah, I didn't get the broken look inside. No, I didn't get the broken look inside. But to be fair, the way that they draw eyes in this show, you often get that look. Exactly. Yeah, that is that is true. That is true. Rather than purposefully, <laughs> which is probably what happened here, but just combined with the stripper pole action, it really had a strong effect on me. <laughs> you saw your future. Exactly. I saw a piece of me in Jim. <laughs> piece I even like. That's not true. Stripper stripper me is great. Yeah, stripper you. That's hot. Yeah. You could wear tiny shorts all the time and plenty of mesh. That's actually very true. Right. Like, yeah, that might be the best works. job. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, the song ends, and then we cut back to Eric. Um, so Zipper coming into Eric's office um, to hire him to steal their master tape. Or for, like, you know, a late night booty call. But it's right. actually, it's, it, like, that's what I read when you see, the, like, this dark person, like, in shadowed person <laughs> climbing into Eric's, like, office. And it's like, oh, what's happening? With but, rope around his shoulder. Exactly, exactly. It looks like a lot of things. Uh, 
But like you said, it's really for just for Eric to get Zipper to steal the master tape. And then uh, we see Zipper's wide blue eyes of madness. Uh, <laughs> and he has this like, hey, 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 I think I catch your drift kind of like line, which is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy how Stripper like comes into Eric's stripper? room. Stripper. <laughs> 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 Honestly. You're killing it today. Same shit. Um, <laughs> Zipper, stripper, you get it. Um, <laughs> I love how Zipper comes into Eric's office and like Eric is sleeping on the couch and Eric's like, huh, like terrified. And then he was relieved because it's his bottom bitch. Exactly. Zipper. It's his boy. It's his boy Zips. His boy Zips. Um, they probably fucked after, right? Hundo, hundo P, hundo P. Or at least like, you know, Eric came in Zipper's mouth. Yes. I... Yeah, Eric needed a blowjob in that moment. He did. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> it's a hug. And Zipper, of the and lips. Zipper, exactly. And Zipper knew it because Zipper, despite being crazy, he's kind of a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's there for uh, Eric. Yeah, he's there for you know his man. Yeah. Um, Eric looks so like we, shit. Yeah, um, exactly. Still, he does. nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It looks terrible. Uh, but then we go to Pizzazz's mansion, like, presumably the next day, and Eric knocks on the front door, and this maid named Matilda answers, and I love what she says, because she's basically just like, we don't want no bums here, and it's just (laughs) savage, right from the get-go, and then gives Eric this, like, mad eye glare, and I was like, wow, Matilda, fierce as fuck, uh, I loved her. Yeah, no, that's great. But, yeah, my whole thing is, like, Eric, even though you live in, like, this low-rent place in the middle of a crack zone, like, doesn't mean that you can't tie your tie. Like, fucking that do is up true. your jacket, like, tie up your tie, unless you're so down in the dumps, like, you just don't care anymore. Yeah, it's true. Like, brush your teeth, dude. Uh, take a shower. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, Matilda was, you know, hot bitch alert. I think she was my favorite part of this episode. I, I really loved her. <laughs> I think it's the only thing that I reacted to all caps in my notes. <laughs> Your favorite part of this episode was like one second. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, then we get like this whole, um, like Eric. So Eric is getting the misfits out of town. So there's a like they have an alibi for when the the tape gets stolen, mm-hmm. and then we see Zipper in ninja mode going to steal the tape, which is very conveniently labeled, so it's super easy and nice. Gems tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the one, Zips. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we uh we cut to commercial, and then uh, we we uh, come on back because uh, you know I guess the intensity of seeing this tape stolen was that was the cliffhanger. That we had to yeah. leave the, to go on commercial for. It was heart wrenching. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, right. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, not a note of sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> um, and anyway, we come back to the recording studio where Jem and the holograms are recording, and these two guys look like super upset, like they really fucked up, and they're yes, like, like super depressed. Yeah, they're like the master tape is gone, um, and the holograms like obviously immediate. Sus- immediately suspect it was the misfits which is like i get it and fair but they have a conviction about it was the misfits to the point of like you don't actually know though true but at this point they would be complete fools not to think that (laughs) that is true yeah and usually they are though so i guess i expect different from them true um true 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 but then Uh, we see uh the misfits on vacation and they're all gloating uh, and this is where Pizzazz, which she is wearing, though, a dope bathing suit. It's very, like, original Miss Marvel. Oh, she uh, looks so great. She looks the, so, has, like, a little, like, like Thunderbolt thing. Yeah, and the, the shades were wonderful. Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, she, yeah, Pizzazz is this, like, quote-unquote great idea. Quotes are mine because, is this idea great? The answer is no. Uh, <laughs> while, uh, you know, these white bitches are getting served. And did you not- notice all of these servers were people of color? Yes. Okay. Yes. This was like, my that note. was pretty fucked up, dude. I I also realized in this scene one of the fundamental differences between the misfits and the holograms, and like potentially Christy Marx was trying to make some sort of larger statement 
Um, so the holograms are culturally diverse. True. The misfits are all white. And the only people of color that they interact with are the help. That's pretty true. That's pretty true. And yeah, in the scene, like a black man pours her a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which was not a good look. No, it was uh, <laughs> really not. <laughs> really not. Uh, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Yeah, I can't think of like one person of color the misfits actually have an interaction with. I mean, there was that sassy makeup artist um, when they were making the movie. If you remember that. Oh right, 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 right. That is true. That is true. And eventually, they do gain an Asian member. They do. Oh, Jetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Jetta Asian? Isn't she? I thought she was just a black-haired uh, woman. <laughs> oh, I thought she was an Asian woman. Oh well, we'll uh, get we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. get there. Yeah, there. she is yeah, completely yeah. irrelevant right now. Exactly, and usually is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, she's English. Get, she's English. I thought she was like Asian English. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can be both. Right. Uh, exactly. I thought that. I thought that was like a good, like a cool, you know, combo that they did in the late '80s to show that, like, hey, you can have. Different people from different places. <laughs> what a thought. What a revelation. <laughs> Which maybe for 1988 or 89, whatever it aired, might it, maybe it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> maybe it was. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to celebrate this show for its uh, progressiveness on race. Because <laughs> as we've just seen, yes, the, uh, the misfits are being served uh, by exclusively by people of color. Yes. Uh and so yeah, Pizzazz gets this uh, great idea to turn the stolen mixtape into a treasure hunt, which a with a bunch of cryptic clues. To which you know, my initial response was like, I don't understand this plan. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, why are you doing this? It seems like a lot of effort for no reason. And she's so excited. She's like, Yeah, and then we'll do this and leave a bunch of clues for him. It's like what? What are what do you get out of this? I mean, I guess like she knows that it'll drive them crazy. Like she, her plan, I guess, is to send them on a wild goose chase that leaves them empty-handed. Right? Yeah, I guess, which is cruel, which is cruel. Uh, so I guess that's kind of fun, but still, it's just know. like a complete waste of time and energy. Exactly, exactly. Um. So anyway. Um, we cut to the misfits in the recording studio and they're recording. No, 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 no. First, 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 first. I have, to, I have to point this out. No glossing over a single scene, Jocelyn. We'll be here for hours if it takes hours. Because we, we act before that scene. We actually cut to Starlight Music. And I want to ask you, like, who this braided bitch is with an accent, like, telling everyone they're out of money. Although, how, when, do I, when have I seen you? Wait, who? Wait, I must have missed this. Yeah, it's like it's like we cut from Misfits on Vacation. They're doing this plan, and we cut to this scene to start at Starlight Music, where we have this woman basically telling uh, Gem and the Holograms that we spent so much money on this album. Like, if we don't have this mixtape, we're gonna go under. Oh uh, damn! And it's just this, like, yeah, this lady with like a like double braided blonde hair or double braided. She has double braided blonde hair. And like a thick accent of some some sort, dropping you know truth bombs on everyone, telling them, <laughs> telling them they're in the shitter. And I was just like, "Who are you, lady? I've never seen you before." Yeah, honestly, I watched this episode twice too, and I don't remember that. Oh, it's fuck. You also don't remember like Jerica's fucking like blue sweater sweater vest with orange cargo pockets. No, dude. It, okay, well that. That piece of apparel was fucked up. It, it, was, atro it was atrocious. Let me let me go through it again for you. A blue sweater vest with orange cargo pockets. It's like a fusion of cargo shorts and a sweater vest. It sounds so bad. Terrible. Truly terrible. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, the the uh, the holograms really need uh, really need this mixtape to come through, or else they're gonna go broke. Then yeah. we go to Misfits recording their music. Well, I just wonder, like, how the fuck aren't any of these people successful at all? Like, we always see them playing music and playing concerts and shit. Like, you haven't made, like, two cents. Like, what are you... What the fuck are you guys doing? That is very true. And also, they haven't cut an album yet. Like like you just <laughs> said, they've been playing music where it feels like, I don't know, 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, 
I get that Jerrica is a good person and everything, but she's been playing too many benefit concerts. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. You have a house full of orphans that you just expect other people to support by giving you free shit. Like, no. Make some damn money. Yeah, she's uh, she's too, too philanthropist. She needs to be more uh, cutthroat executive, you know? Yeah, I agree. 1,000%. Um, but anyway, so are you good on the scene? Can I'm I good on the scene. We can move on. Let's go to Misfits recording the music. And this um, is where um, they're doing their own version of the hologram song we heard earlier. Uh, there's a melody playing. Uh, and I really, I, I, I like this scene. Well, I don't like, you know, I don't like it, but I like Pizzazz's response. Because <laughs> uh, his producer is like, come on, babies, let's lay this voice track. And Pizzazz goes, we're not your babies, Buster. And it's like, <laughs> yes, thank you very much. You are not his babies, Buster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy was, like, some on some other shit. Like, he was, like, this curly-haired, like, ginger fellow with a goatee. I don't know. I mean, he, he looked, was, yeah, he looked real rough. He uh, was not as, like, smooth and cool as he thought he was. Definitely not. And I'm glad that Pizzazz really called him out. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes, sometimes she does what needs to be done. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so their version of the song um, is called Ain't Nobody Better. There Ain't Nobody Better. think that this song is better than there's a melody playing oh 100 percent. i agree um that it like the main difference being it, it going there's a melody playing to there ain't nobody better yeah uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's really the the major difference but i do like pizzazz's like sing talking more than gem's bad singing yes um i enjoy how pizzazz is working those red boots yeah and a trench coat Yes. She looks great. She looks fantastic. Uh, at one point she says, like, I'm the living end. What is a living end? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I actually haven't, I didn't hear that line. Yeah, it was just like one of those, you know, because the lyrics aren't that hard to follow along with. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's like, she's like, to rhyme something, she said, I'm the living end. It's like, oh, I've never heard that phrase before. Um, yeah, so apparently it means the most extreme form of something or the final and most impactful development in a series of events. Oh, did you just doodle that? Yes, I doodled. Um, great. Okay, so it is a real thing that I yeah. learned just now. Great. Um, all about learning here. All, yeah. Gem Girl's also all about learning. That's policy. <laughs> or like becoming dumber. <laughs> learning about something that makes you dumber generous. exactly that um, really explains our podcast in a great way yeah. like oh well like here's a barrage of information that like is completely <laughs> inconsequential but... yeah and it will actually deteriorate your brain cells by expending energy on it Strange phenomenon known, known as a gemification of the brain. Ooh, gemification. That's so smart, Michael. Nice. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. The gemining. The gemining. The regemining. <laughs> the regemining. <laughs> I like the regemining. Me too, me too. We don't even have to explain what gemining is. Yeah, exactly. Because we're already at the regemining. Thank you very much. <laughs> Like, I think the regemining. So, like, when you're in the gembryo growth stage, like, you retain, like, all of the gemliness. Um, but then when you're born, you're lost without it. 
Exactly. It's like that kind of like that classic fall of man kind of thing. You gain gain awareness uh, and you lose your gemliness uh, until you experience your regemification. Yeah, or regemining. Or regemining, exactly. (laughs) Um, Glad we got that all worked out. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Uh, Our work here is done, but not quite. Uh, so the actual, I like the, the very very end of this song because we're still talking about this song technically. Uh, <laughs> is it ends with pizzazz going me me me, <laughs> and it's really crazed and I kind of loved it. It's like you know a window into pizzazz's self obsession. Oh yeah, for sure. And actually, I loved the animation, like the yeah, still yeah, screens. Yeah, um, yeah I from, thought that was from really the different cool. angles. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of this uh, music video is that instead of cascading stars, they had um, cascading records falling from the sky. And Roxy and Stormer were circling around uh, Pizzazz's head riding a record. Oh, yeah, liked. that was dope. That was dope. That was cool. Yeah. So overall, I think um, There Ain't Nobody Better was better in terms of its lyrics, its attitude. And the music video, then there ain't, then the other one. There's yeah, so what was that other one? Yeah, the, the Hollywood one. <laughs> I've already forgotten. Uh, melody point, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, I agree, I agree. Especially on the two levels, uh, like a thousand percent more two. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, Eric loves it. Um, and he's like, I hope that I'll regain Starlight Music. Which is like, dude, why? Like, just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, just like, let it go. Just make your money and like, chill with it. You're at Misfits music already. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, why isn't your goal to regain Misfits music? I don't know. He has his priorities all out of whack. Um, then we go to the holograms. Now they're like on this, this treasure hunt. And they get a cryptic message about the master tape and that classic every letter is pulled from a different magazine or whatever shit. Yeah. Uh, which has, you know, been done to death, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, they decide to play along. And they have to find something named Chabet. And Jocelyn, <laughs> I do not know what it is about the word Chabet that makes me cringe on the inside. I truly, <laughs> truly hate that word and the sound it makes when it exits my mouth or anybody else's mouth. Chabet. I mean, like, uh. it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing hearing it, but then like seeing it spelled out like C H U B et. It's like, uh, so okay, maybe because you don't like it because it sounds like you know how when you get like a half boner, it's a chub. <laughs> oh, it's a chub et. Yeah. So it's like a delicate little chub. <laughs> yeah, delicate. But it's, I don't even know. But chabet, chabet sounds more like. Like a girthy cow that's always angry. (laughs) (laughs) Or like in that scene where um, Lisa Simpson is like trying to, like she imagines her future. Right, right, right. Get mom the prime board. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a Chibet. Total Chibet moment. Yeah, (laughs) she's... Total Tibet energy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That is also <laughs> probably why I hate it. Right. Um, so anyways, they, um, so the Misfits on this note um, also say to go to this side of town that's like really dodgy um, and like tell them to go to this club. And Kimber's like, oh yeah, this club is in a really bad part of town. So the holograms who like, I don't know. Dude, there's like, there's some real, yeah, there's some real also like class commentary going on. Because at one point, Aja's driving in like this quote unquote bad part of town. And they're like, where are we? And she's like, I don't know. Everything looks the same. I'm like, what do you mean, Aja? Like, I don't know, run down, (laughs) destitute? (laughs) Not up to your standards? Yeah, it just looks like an impoverished, like industrial side of town. And like, there's this one guy who pops up and he like. Dude, yeah. This random hippie man who, like, makes a noise and scurries off into an alley? Yeah, like, clearly, like, strug out hippie dude. (laughs) I know, it's like, what? (laughs) Like, definitely a Vietnam War veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's been wronged by the system, but anyway. (laughs) 
I asked what's his story in my notes and you told the Jocelyn. That was beautiful. Yeah, definitely Vietnam veteran. Yeah, I see that. Um, and yeah, so anyway, they like pull up to this club and like the holograms are like sketched out and it's in this like, like the top story of this industrial lot. And honestly, the party looks kind of bumping. Dude, the party looks great. Like it's the holograms <laughs> right? that are the problem. Everyone's on the best drugs. Like they're all hyping angry. Right. I mean, like, they might be on PCP, but, like... They probably are. They probably <laughs> are. Uh, and oh the, this vi- or the, the holograms kind of piss everyone off. So they're like, hey, you know Chibet? You know Chibet? So it's a barrage of Chibets over here. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really like this, this little scene where Kimber talks to these two men. And he's like, have you seen Chibet? And this one dude says, like, uh, buzz off, baby. You're not my type. <laughs> Kimber gets angry, saying, like, you know, you're not my type. And then Kimber storms off. And the two guys who were, like, you know, these two biker-looking dudes kind of, like, share a smirk glance at each other. And it's like, oh, you're not her type because you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> and they have that knowing little smirk towards each other like they don't know we're fucking you know oh there's no limit to your queer reading michael like <laughs> damn you didn't you didn't think that that was all i could see <laughs> i don't know like my thought was they were gonna rough her up like at some point right well obviously and they do uh, but they're just gonna rob her like not for like the sexual pleasure they already have that with each other okay um my favorite part of the scene there are a couple so like everyone's dancing and like it's a feast for the eyes like I yeah yeah there's so many fashion and hair moments that like I cannot even keep up and there's this one guy who's like drugged out like on some hallucinogenic drugs like wearing a pink cape and like zooming <laughs> through people and I'm like okay yeah, like, yeah. All right. <laughs> and um, one of the people they ask, like, Chibet, Chibet is this, like, really thick, sturdy um, bulldog of a woman. Oh, dude, fuck this lady, but also, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great description. Um, but giving, like, for sure, Chibet energy, like. Super Chibet vibes. Anyone hears Chibet, it's probably you. Yeah, and that's probably why she responds, being like, <laughs> you want my foot in your face or what? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, but anyway, some, like, bald man uh, tells them that Chibet is actually the soda machine. And then um, he hysterically laughs like a supervillain, which I also found unsettling, <laughs> and also confirmation that they're on PCP. Yeah, these people are, like fucking i don't know so yeah. drugged out exactly they're raging on some other level <laughs> um so yeah basically they find a letter inside chibet which is a cola machine which is a cola machine um and it's basically some riddle again that tells them they'll find a dent in their car and some other bullshit which like why would you leave this car just out in the middle of like the street in this part of town very true. Well, they don't have no. They don't have street smarts. They, these are upper crust girls. So um, dumb. Super dumb. And they they leave, and then like the evil gays that we saw earlier, <laughs> uh, they like give each like they give each other a smirk, and they're like, oh, like they've got money. Let's go get them into an unnecessary car chase and steal their stuff. And that's exactly what we get. Uh, car chase. They're on motorcycles. They're in the the rock and roadster. Uh, mm-hmm. They hit him, and then they hit a more. Uh, then they hit a dead end, and then like all the motherfucking Morlocks come out of the woodwork to shank some bitches because a hundred very gaunt look, like mutated looking people suddenly appear, uh, and one of their names is Scar. I don't know. It was definitely like the purge. It was um, very purgy, or uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a like like gang warry type, not. Like the Warriors, uh, is that was, is the movie I'm, t- I'm talking about? Anyways, um, yeah, uh, they're like they have like bricks in their hands. They have baseball bats. They have chains. One guy has an eye patch, and they're just like surrounding the holograms in their car. Yeah, to which <laughs> Shayna is like, "Oh, like even Synergy can't save us this time," um, and it's like, "No, bitch!" Like she obviously is going to, which what she does because. As everyone knows, Morlocks are terrified of fire, and <laughs> Synergy 
like creates a bunch of fake flames and they all scurry off. That's basically what happens. Yeah, so the flames spook them, um, and they get out of that jam. And, you know, that was a really good scene. That might have been, like, my favorite scene, my favorite segment of any Gem in the Holograms episode. Do you mean, like, the like the full club plus uh, yeah. ruffians moment? I yeah. honestly, I it's hard to refute that. <laughs> like, I because love it really... Like, I love when they go into the underbelly, you know? Exactly, exactly. It was a really good, nice slice of, like, 80s party culture, maybe, at least according to Rick Merwin, and God only knows where he was going. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, which character Rick Merwin identified with the most. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so they get the next clue, um... And they got to go to like the, the Mirage garage. They basically figure out through some bullshit and uh, they go, they go into like some, and some like country bumpkin is there to help them. Cause the Mirage garage in the middle of nowhere. And his name is Bubba. And I had to say like, I kind of fuck with Bubba. I'm not going to lie. He like, he was kind of hot. Um, yeah. And he said, howdy. Yeah. He said, howdy was being very, very nice and accommodating with them. Uh, to which the holograms then proceed to be the fucking worst. I know, right? Oh They're my like God. super nose up about the whole thing. Uh, like they come in, trash his tower, tire tower, which he was he was super proud of. He said it's the bi- biggest tire tower in the land. Yeah, exactly, the whole land. And <laughs> like the holograms, so they can find their stupid clue make the whole thing topple over, which then mm-hmm. proceeds to destroy his fucking, like, shack, like, garage house thing. And then Jerrica just says to him, like, oh, actually, like, we don't need you anymore, or your help or your garage work, like, we'll see you later. And he says, like, okay, like, bye, and is super nice about it, but it's also, like, Jerrica, like, throw him a few dollars for his trouble, because you've obviously inflicted a lot of damage here. Yeah, and she limply offers to pay for it, but he's like, oh, that's all right. It's happened before. And she's like, okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, like, Jerry Cook, like, so entitled. You don't give a fuck. Right. And, like, when he greeted them and said, howdy, Aja was like, did he actually say howdy? It's like, yeah, yes, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Like, uh, you're in his turf. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, guys exactly. drove out to the middle of fucking nowhere <laughs> with rattlesnakes and cacti. Yeah, you and, came like, to the Mirage Garage, honey, all right? Right? And, like, he was just trying to help you. He was super nice. He called you pretty and, like, I don't know, Jerrica, you ain't that pretty. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Uh, so, fuck the Gem so and the Holograms and that entire scene. That was maybe my least favorite segment of all of Gem and the Holograms. I mean, uh, for me, I was happy to see it because it revealed something about Gem's character that I had always known. That is and, true. That is true. like, I'm glad that I finally have validation. Um, yeah, you're validated. Stamp on it. Put it stamped. Yeah. Jericho's uh, the worst. Jericho's the worst. A fish. <laughs> Officially. No one can dispute that after watching that scene. Exactly. Uh, and now the, uh, the next leg of their fucking, I don't know, treasure hunt, scavenger hunt, fucking plot, plotless plot point hunt. Uh, <laughs> They go to the beach, and they have to go to the Blue Wave Surf Shop. And I also, they go, they walk, into, they walk into this fucking surf shop, and this greeter is the best thing in the world. They're like, oh, can we come? And he's like, hey, it's like, okay, you know. Uh, and then they leave, and, he's, and then they leave, he's like, like, it's cool, you know. <laughs> like, what even is that accent? But he's like this white guy with like blonde dreadlocks. Dude, it sounds yeah, like nothing okay, Jamaican. You know. That is that what he was going for? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh wow, I did not. I did not even <laughs> honestly, dude. I like, didn't think cool, Jamaican. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like weird surfer. No man, because it's, like, it's more like hey, it's like okay, you know. That's like that's not Jamaican. No, he even listen again. He's like, like it's okay, you know. No, oh, wow, okay, okay. Not that that was a good Jamaican accent, but it was just like so bad. 
was so it was bad. real bad. It was real bad. It was uh, so funny. Like I've been trying to hold off from like commenting <laughs> on that because it's like going to haunt me in my dreams. I know, I know. It was such a random part of the episode, but also like one of my favorites. <laughs> Those are often the best parts. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um so anyway they find a note and it tells them to like go to the beach dig up the fucking master tape um they find it turns out it is blank yeah go fucking figure this wild goose chase you got sent on made no sense and added up to nothing um and then jerica gets the idea to get synergy to help them find the tape which is like yeah, yeah I- okay like you can done this whole fucking time i know i like her brilliant ideas to make synergy do everything I know. Uh, and like actually use some brain power to which uh my girl sin uh like links all the clues to the misfits duh yeah duh it's all like <laughs> a little circumstantial though but like it's it built a pretty good case uh, we also learned Mr. Gabor's name is Harvey. I didn't know that. Harvey Gabor. Harvey Gabor, HG. Um, right. And then uh, Jerrica has like a has like a plan here to impersonate <laughs> the misfits and like fuck with their shit. And we see yet again another cleaning member who is black. Oh, really? I, I miss I miss that. Yeah, so they go into the Misfit studio, and there's, like, a black man cleaning the floors, and then they walk in, and they're like, oh, hello, Miss Pizzazz, and then... Right, right, right. Yeah. And then Jerrica does this Pizzazz impression, uh, where he's like, it's been a, it's like a really nice day, and she goes like, yeah, yeah, so you say... Like, <laughs> what? Have you spoken words before? Yeah, that was a terrible impression. Yeah, like, what? what? Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, they, yeah, they walk in looking like the Misfits into uh, their recording studio. And there's basically like, this scene where they switch around all the tapes. And, dude, like I said, I've watched this episode twice already. <laughs> I don't understand what happens here. They just pull out a bunch of, like, things and, like, they flip around some discs. And it's like, how did you find all these tapes so easily? How did you know exactly which one to take out of whatever? Uh, and it, yeah, it mystified me. Yeah, uh, who, who can really say? Um, but, uh, anyway, so Eric had arranged for a bunch of, like, music ex- executives to come listen to, uh, the Misfits' new record in the hopes of getting them a record deal. And so in the next scene, it's the release party, and Eric and the Misfits reveal their latest single, which turns out to be a French lesson. Yeah, which is, you know, a sick burn. Uh, I gotta get to the, the holograms. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, so the holograms foiled their plan to foil yeah, them. Exactly. It was a, it was a reverse foil. Uh, right. <laughs> and Pizzazz has like a mental breakdown here. And we go to the holograms end of things. And everyone, like they're celebrating their massive success massive success in their holograms album and of course like they all high five but jocelyn and again i bring up i've watched this episode twice (laughs) uh they high five and there's no sound like what happened to the clap wow like it ends the episode and there's there's no audible like you don't hear anything wow that's they can't even high five properly i know i was I, I don't know, it kind of, it really, like, brought me down at the end of the episode. I was like, I was waiting for that high five moment. I was like, oh, and it just never hurt. And I was like, oh. <laughs> wow, well, that must have been really disappointing for you. It broke me. Like, and I'm already broken. <laughs> we it can broke tell. me further. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware you can tell. Um. Yeah, so that was the end of the episode. Um. What the fuck was the point of this episode? Like, Honestly, like, they knew it was the Misfits the whole time, so why did they have to follow that treasure hunt? Yeah, they really could have just done Jericho's <laughs> plan of impersonating them and then gotten back their mixtape, like, really early. Right? And, like, why did they even have that treasure hunt to begin with? <laughs> Yo, you know, my boy Merwin had to fill up, like, 15 minutes of plot, and he was like, you know what? Scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Perfect. It writes itself. Um, okay, so now for the really juicy part. Um, who is the baddest bitch of this episode? Yeah, baddest bitch of the episode, my girl Matilda. <laughs> Hands down, in my books, only contender. 
Oof. I mean, like, there were so many good moments in this episode, though. Actually, to be yeah, I mean, I could also, <laughs> I could also give it to everyone in the storehouse nightclub. <laughs> yes. Out, outside of Chibet. Yeah, outside of the soda machine. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were great. Um, the Jafakin surfer shop dude, honestly, I was like, kind of, I didn't know how to feel about that, but that was maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But you're laughing at him, not with him. <laughs> True. Yeah, okay, Matilda gets it for that sick burn. It was such a sick burn that we had to give cred to our, like, you know, people of color being subjugated in the Misfits. She was on Misfits territory. True. She was their servant. And then she was serving it to Eric, which I, I gave her credit, extra credit for. Mm, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yeah. Gotta love when the servants serve you some real truth bombs. Exactly. I love it when my servants serve me truth bombs. All of, <laughs> all of my servants. <laughs> All zero of them. Yeah, all none of them. Ugh, it would be so awesome to have servants. Like, actually, uh, would it? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I call them servants, though. That'd be a bad <laughs> PR. Slaves. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hear that's coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Slavery moving is on. not okay. Slavery is not okay. <laughs> Official policy gem girls. <laughs> And it's not even okay to joke about. Only it sometimes. really isn't. Sometimes when like it naturally comes up and it's all good, right? Um, <laughs> anywho, and who is the weakest bitch or the biggest bitch? I'm honestly gonna say Jerica because I do not like how they treated Bubba. I I mean. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm trying to think of some other, like, counter-arguments because I agree that Bubba scene was, like, some pure bullshit. Uh, but I think all of them should be the biggest bitches for that. Yeah, because no one spoke up. No one said anything. Um, Kimber and Shayna, you, like, you didn't speak up. That's That was your folly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Silence is violence. Exactly. Yeah, dude, let's give it to Gem in the Hollows because, uh, like, yeah, like you just said, they were, I don't know, there's some, like, big, dumb... Bitches for a while in that entire yeah. scene. Yeah, that was bad. Um, and they were just, like, clueless going into that awesome party. Like, why do you have to be such squares? Like, just roll <laughs> with it. I know. Just, like, dance a little bit. Like, you know, work the room. Network. Don't be, like, a narc about it and, like, ask everyone who the fuck your bed is. <laughs> yeah, be like, hey, man, like, want to do some blow, blah, blah. Like, hey, by the way, do you know, do you know what you bet? Exactly. Yeah, it's like you've done this before, Jocelyn. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to, like, give people something to get something in return. That's all I'm saying. And for these people, it was drugs. Yeah, 100% it was. No refuting that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, with that, that brings us to the end of yet another gemisode. Nice. Um, Nice, nice, nice. Um... So please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our account names are Gem Girls Podcasts. So please drop us a line, DM us, uh, like us. Uh, yeah, like us, please. Like us, yeah, that's the one. Love uh, us. <laughs> right, which to which, you know, my next point, we want your love. And, you know, <laughs> love, some say it can't be quantified. But on that's a podcast, wrong. that is... That is not true. Uh, it can be quantified. It's called five stars on <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts. And an even like better way to truly express your adoration would be to write us a positive review. Uh, you yeah. know, so a few kind words. It could be two words. It could be 1,500 words. Up to you. Word count I leave in your capable hands. But it has to be positive. That's like, I don't leave that up, it, leave that up to you. I, the alignment is positive. Yes. And there should be a lot of adjectives, all of them glowing. Yeah, like make all the make all the adjectives glowing. Like every single adjective you use is glowing. Uh, yeah. So it's literally a glowing review. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, they're so marvelous, and they have such wonderful chemistry, and their voices are just angelic. No, well, Jocelyn, I was saying every adjective in their description should be glowing. So their glowing voices spoke. <laughs> glowingly 
uh, <laughs> as they went through their well gl- or glowing script. <laughs> I forget how adjectives work sometimes as well. Uh, anyways, and until next time, stay outrageous. <laughs>